Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Routing Table Podcast. My name is Rick, and I'm here with my co-host Melchior. Hey, Melchior. Hey, Rick. Today, we are joined by Max Stuckey from Internet Society. Hey, Max. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey. Great to have you on, Max. Today, we're, the, the topic is what is ISOC or Internet Society and what is it they do? But before we dive in, could you shortly introduce yourself to the listeners, what it is you do and where you came from? Um, so I, I'm uh, Max. Uh, my name is actually longer. It's Massimiliano. At the Internet Society, I do mainly two things. That is, I work uh, as project lead for a project called Community Networks. We'll go into details later. And then I also... Uh, I'm in the team for uh, another project called Infrastructure and Community Development, uh, which aims at building internet exchange points and helping communities in uh, around the world. And uh, then I am also involved with Manners and other projects. Before joining the Internet Society two years ago, um, I, I worked at the uh, RIPE NCC for about six years as a trainer and then as a uh, as the IPv6 program manager in the last two years I was there. And then before that, I was the owner and I operated a, an, um, uh, an ISP in, uh, in Northern Italy. So we were one of the first uh, wireless ISPs in the country. So that's where I got a lot of uh, experience on the ground on, in running networks. Excellent. Very good. So Internet Society has been around for, for many, many years, even decades, I believe. Um, can you uh, explain a little bit about what Internet Society's role is? Where do they come from? And what's their, uh, let's say, the main goals of, of why the Internet Society exists? Yes. So the Internet Society exists, uh, well, it has been in place for a long time, for about, uh, I think, tw more than 25 years. It was created by the same people who created the internet and gets most of its funding from running uh, PIR, from PIR uh, running .org and getting uh, money from the uh, .org domains that get sold. Now, the main goal of uh, the Internet Society is to help the internet in any way possible. So that's how that's why we have um, six major projects inside the Internet Society divided into two main areas. One is called growing the internet and the other one is strengthening the internet. Um, what I mostly work in is growing the internet where we have three projects. One is community networks. The, the project where I am one of the two project leads together with a great colleague, Juan Peirano. Um, community networks are a way to help people uh, bring internet connectivity in uh, areas where either there is no connectivity at all or the connectivity that's available is either uh, too expensive or not uh, working well enough to provide um, to provide uh, internet access that, that can actually be used. And what we do is we help these people with training, with uh, funds in some cases. Uh, we help by putting them in contact with uh, other communities that have already done the work so that they can uh, learn 
and then implement what they learned in their uh, areas, in their communities. We do this by uh, empowering the so-called um, champions, local champions, that are people who would like to step up and do something for their community. So there's a lot more we could say about community networks, how they are run, how they are, how they are going. Maybe maybe this could be the the topic of a of a full episode mm -hmm. uh, in the future. <laughs> for sure. Um, so community networks is one. Then we have uh, infrastructure and community development, which uh, used to be called the IXP project, uh, because the main focus is in helping. Uh, people uh, around the world set up internet exchange points to uh, keep as much as uh, as much traffic as possible local. Uh, in that project, we, for example, I'm involved uh, focusing on the European side uh, of the project, and we're helping uh, an internet exchange in Albania. We're uh, now focusing on Georgia uh, in the Caucasus to help them. Uh, set up a new internet exchange because there isn't one uh, in the country yet. So um, we are helping by providing them uh, with the hardware, with the switches, with servers. Now we are working on getting more uh, also uh, capacity there in the sense of um, helping the local operators understand the value of internet exchanges, of peering there. And... Um, then we, as part of this project of infrastructure and community development, we help communities. So we, for example, we help uh, fund NLNOG because NLNOG runs the NLNOG ring, which is important for uh, for the whole internet ecosystem. Um, there are other NOGs in the in Europe, but also around the world that we help um, for their annual event or for specific needs. And so we we try to to do as much as we can for the whole for the whole internet. And this, the effect of what we do, is seen in the third uh, project under the um, internet growth that's called measurements. So the uh, the most widely known project here, uh, especially for I guess the people following the the, the routing table podcast, should be Manners. And Manners is um, um, uh, an initiative led by uh, by the Internet Society to uh, enhance uh, how um, routing security is on the whole Internet. Um, so on, under this umbrella, under the Manners umbrella, a lot has been done so far with uh, uh, different documents that were published. Um, which state what operators uh, in one case, what IXPs in another. And now we have cloud uh, CDN operators, and then we will have soon vendors. So what these different actors on the internet should do to help routing security uh, become better. So uh, by helping everyone understand their role and what actions they should take, uh, Manners aims at providing more routing security for everyone. So if more operators adopt Manners, become part of the community and understand all the actions that need to be taken, uh, the internet should become a more secure place. So Manners is the first one. And then it is complemented in, in this area by um, 
a, a project called Encryption, where the, the focus is on uh, helping more uh, government uh, governments, uh, more entities understand the role of encryption on the internet. And then there's Internet Way of Networking, which is a project that aims also at helping uh, governments, all the entities on the internet, understand how the internet uh, should be, how it should look like, what um, um, what effects there should be by decisions taken by the governments on how the internet uh, uh, would look like in their country and what the, can be done to improve the situation of the internet in different countries in the world. So um, these three manners, encryption, internet way of networking, compose the strengthening the internet part of the internet society, of projects of the internet society. It sounds like you're really busy. <laughs> lots of projects, uh, lots of different things as well. Yes, with and also with lots of uh, external partners that are involved with uh, each one of these um, projects, from community networks where we we collaborate with APC, um, um, not the not the orga organization that makes batteries, but uh, mm -hmm. APC is a is an organization that helps uh, the internet in the global south. Uh, you can check apc.org to see what they do. Um, same for uh, infrastructure and community development. Uh, we have great partners. Um, measurements, manners, all have uh, lots and lots of external partners we work with, and we're always busy with a lot of uh, activities going on. Right. And ISOC is based in US, but you work uh, globally. Um, so, uh, and, and yourself, you are obviously in, in Switzerland. So is that how... Uh, the ISOC organization is distributed as well? Yes, we have colleagues all around the world from North America to South America. We have colleagues also in the Caribbean, in Africa, Asia Pacific, Australia. Um, we have colleagues pretty much everywhere that are involved with their uh, local uh, governments, local organizations, but also we have a much broader look where we work with global organizations as well. Yes. So, Max, if we take a look at uh, ISOC, you're, you're, are you completely independent or, or what's your relation with the other more regional organizations like RIPE or ERIN or uh, those type of registries? No, we collaborate with them. We work with uh, pretty much all of them. Um, so what they, they used to call this the I-STAR uh, group of organizations. Um, we, for example, we collaborate with the RIPE NCC uh, for what's called the virtual peering series. Uh, we now have a, an upcoming event uh, that's on the 13th of July. That's called the virtual peering series Central Africa. Uh, sorry, Central Asia. Virtual peering series Central Asia, um, where we are trying together with RIPE NCC to um, find out how the situation is for internet exchanges in Central Asia. So when I when I say Central Asia, I say uh, I mean Uzbekistan, uh, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and uh, Turkmenistan. Hopefully, so the idea is that we 
via these meetings, we help people understand the importance of uh, internet exchange points. And hopefully we'll find someone who uh, would like to establish one in their own country, in the area, and then we can go ahead and help them. But this is a joint uh, effort, uh, virtual peering series for Central Asia with RIPE-NCC and with EuroIX, which gives you an idea of how we normally work with a lot of partners as well. And we enjoy this because only by collaborating, we can make things happen. Um, so Max, another thing uh, ISOC is, uh, let's say, involved in or maybe I should say organizing is the ITF, the Standards Organization. How does that work? What is the relationship with ITF? So the the relationship is, um, that, so in the past, uh, the ITF was uh, really a part of, uh, of ISOC. Now it's, uh, it, uh, it has spun off into um, an external organization, but which still gets uh, funding from uh, the, the, uh, the, the group of organizations that compose ISOC. So it's uh, the... It's an LLC in the um, set up in the US, and they operate somehow uh, separately from the um, from from ISOC, from the Internet Society at the moment. So it was decided to give it a little bit more independence uh, some time ago. It was it actually happened before I joined the Internet Society. So I don't know many of the details about how how this happened. But the, the idea was to try to take this organization and give it more freedom to operate the, um, the meetings, to operate the, the, the rest of the infrastructure that the uh, ITF requires. So it's still part of the, the group, still gets a lot of funding from, the, from what I men mentioned earlier, from PIR and from uh, the ISOC Foundation as well, because we also have a foundation that's part of the large group of organizations that compose uh, the whole ISOC. And then uh, there's the ITF uh, administration that's also uh, independent in here. Right. Yeah. So you're basically the, let's say, administrative body behind ITF. Yes. Yes. So the in the past, it was a more central role for ISOC itself. But then, as I said at one point about, I think it was three years ago, it was spun off as a separate entity. So it, now right. it has its own entity, its own administration, its own board, and it's a, it's a little bit more independent. There's also the local ISOC chapters, right? So uh, Rick and I are in the Netherlands, and so there's a local Dutch ISOC chapter. How, how does that work and what is their role in, in all of this? So the ISOC chapters are totally independent from, the, uh, from, uh, from ISOC, from the Internet Society, in the sense that they have their own structure, they have their own um, uh, legal organization in each country, and there are about, I think, 130 as of now, uh, different chapters across the world. Some are uh, some cover an entire country. So there's the Dutch, where there's the Swiss, there's the Italian ISOC chapter. But then you have also chapters that focus on a certain city. So there is the New York City uh, ISOC chapter, there's the Washington DC chapter, there's the um, 
there are uh, other chapters that are more local. But what they do is they uh, they get uh, support and help from from ISOC. We have uh, dedicated uh, staff that take care of the relationship between ISOC and the and the chapters, and they are a fundamental part of how we like to to work. Where we um, people from uh, people the participants in the chapters can participate in events in uh, initiatives from ISOC, and we participate as ISOC in the initiatives from the uh, local chapters. So there is a there is a, a two way relationship with them where. Um, we can provide them with material. They can they can work on events, and we generally participate or help out with those events. So there's um, there's a lot of collaboration. But again, it's important to note that the the local uh, chapters, the uh, ISOC chapters, are independent organizations from what we do from ISOC. They're totally totally separate. They can have their their own, uh, they have their own boards, they have their own presidents, but um, then they can also agree with what they do or disagree. And uh, sometimes that happens. Um, and then we always try to to work with them as much as possible to help out, to, to help in uh, discussing how the internet can be uh, can be grown, can be strengthened, can be uh improved in in the in the country where the uh the chapter operates now one important thing is that the chapter sometimes is a way for us to understand how things are in a in a country so the chapter can be the the sentinel that tells us hey there's a there's a, um um a shutdown going on here in the country probably you don't see that from your point of view but we do can you help us understand what's happening there? What's happening here? Can you help us understand what uh, what we can do to 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 talk to the the operators, to talk maybe to the government, and see if we can do anything to improve the situation, and maybe discuss with them about what's going on and how how things can be improved. Right. Um, what is it exactly? Uh, you're doing with ISOC? Um, I, I mentioned it already. I'm the project lead for community networks. Um, my focus is on that. So what I do in a normal day is uh, I talk to, well, I have a co-lead, first of all. I've already mentioned him, Juan. Um, together with him, we in a normal day, we, I, we talk to our partners. We have... Um, APC, A4AI, we, 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 we do presentations on what a community network is, but most of all, we talk to the partners uh, also on the ground. So people who are actively working on community networks. We either do that directly, me and Juan are both in Europe, so we focus also uh, the ground work we do in Europe. And, uh, and then we, we talk to, for example, the 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 champion we have in Georgia, Ucha, Ucha Seturi, um, to understand what issues they're facing in their community network there. For example, now one of the projects they would like to implement is connecting the community networks via the community networks they have in the north of the country with the uh, via fiber 
with the internet exchange, the same group of people are setting up in the capital city and in the west of the country. So we're seeing a basically a merge between what we do as community networks and what we do as infrastructure and community development, where we are helping by helping this small group of people, Ucha, Ucha is the, the, the lead of the local um, group of small and medium network operators. We're helping them in, uh, enhance the internet in Georgia by providing more connectivity to the people in the north of the country, an area where sometimes you can't travel to for six months per year because it's covered in snow. Uh, but we have great stories where we see that people, thanks to um, uh, having internet access now, can uh, can can access telehealth, can see can uh, they have seen the return of some of their um, nephews and nieces because they can now work from home from where they grew up in the in in a rural area, and then also. We're seeing now that they are asking. So what we were told is this: these people got internet access, which was great. And now, after about a year and a half, they started asking for a bit more because they want to to do more with the internet. So we've started discussing with the local operators about connecting these um, community networks with fiber to the internet exchange that's now starting. So this is a so a big win that we see because we have helped them provide internet access. Now we're helping them provide enhanced internet access via means of an internet exchange point that can help the the, the rest of the country as well. So what I do on in a normal day is talk to, to the people on the ground. And as a project lead, we um, also look at how we can create um, uh, opportunities with some budget, with some funds to to help these projects, and uh, we do this not only for Europe, of course. As I mentioned, we do it for uh, the whole the whole world. So the, take this example and repeat it across uh, Africa, for example. Repeat it across Asia Pacific, where we have um, a new community network that we are trying to help in uh, Nepal, or. We have um, a new community networks in, in Pakistan coming up. We have in Africa, we have many, many different um, places where we've helped community networks. So take this and also copy it in South America, in the Caribbean as well, where um, there's a lot of work we're doing with, uh, with great partners and people there. Although some of it, and here is what uh, another example of what we do on a, on a daily basis is figuring out how to overcome issues, of course, like everyone does. But in this case, imagine we had uh, great partners. We were starting to work in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which is a, a small group of islands in the Caribbean to build a community network um, and an internet exchange point as well. Um, we were going to ship them some uh, devices, some switches that are in the Reston office. And then the islands had an earthquake. They had mudslides. They had issues. So we're still now trying to figure out when this 
uh, will happen, when we will be able to send the devices, when will we be able to uh, to work with the local community and start to work again to set up the community network. So these are some of the challenges that we see every day. Some come from working with international partners where um, you, you have to interact with them. Some come from natural disasters. And so we have to, to make sure we, we do as much as we can to, to help the internet everywhere uh, by overcoming all these challenges. So when you're saying a community networks, does that mean that you, let's say, sponsor uh, a local, let's say, service provider? Or is it like something, a really new network that you start building with people locally there and that you help with engineering support and, of course, funds and equipment? Or how, how does it work? Yes, it's, um, it's a process that we have uh, divided into four steps. So we, we normally help... Uh, someone that comes from a community and says, I want to do something for my local friends, for the people I, that I have around me. So normally we, we help set up a new network, but in some cases, this has to depend on a local uh, internet service provider or a national one for uh, backhaul, for transport. So we work with the local uh, person or group to uh, provide uh, um, um, knowledge. For example, when we start, we uh, we have courses, we have uh, people that help uh, help out also directly. These uh, let's call them volunteers that want to to start a community network. So we we normally help someone that comes out as a, and we call it a champion and says, I want to do something. I want to change how things are here. Um, we have a nice story from, uh, from Africa on, um, I can provide some, some links later on, uh, but imagine this person that one day decides I want to do something for my community. So we, we help this person or a group of people with, um, Training and training can be in two different uh, paths. It can be technical training, but it can also be policy training, because we have to imagine. Um, I live uh, in in Switzerland, where um, it's easy to set up a new ISP, but in many other countries, it is not. You have to fulfill certain regulations. You have to understand them, and then in Certain countries, it's not possible to have access to Spectrum. Spectrum is um, the um, possibility of using uh, wireless networks. So in some countries, that's not possible. There is no uh, Spectrum that's available to be used for community networks or for small ISPs. It's all just used by uh, the either the incumbent or just the two, three, four national players. So what we do in those cases is we help the local uh, organization or the local person to understand how policy is. And maybe what we can do is help these people in trying to influence policy to, to open up. We have great cases uh, like Ethiopia, for example, where uh, regulation was changed recently to allow for community networks to start. And so we do... This work, 
policy and, tra and uh, technical training. And these are the two phases where we approach a new community network. And then the last phase is the deployment. Deployment is, uh, I used to like to call it the, the, the icing on the cake is the final part, the sherry on top where finally you see the, the work you've done with all the training, with all the policy work that came before. And then people get to start using the, the internet in areas where it was not possible before. And then from there, the fourth stage, which is actually the first one as well, is the engagement, where we find new people because they've heard of this uh, community network in probably the other part of the country. You see things, you see people coming and saying, oh, I want to do it again. I want to do it as well in my, my area. And then that's where the circle starts again from scratch. And then engagement is the first and the last part of, uh, of how we work. First, because we have to meet someone. And then second, because, and then last, because then we, we get to meet or to hear about new people who want to do the same in their own uh, community. Max, one of the projects uh, you recently told me about and I really like is uh, the work that ISOC has done in the Caucasus uh, region in, in, in very high remote mountain areas. Um, could you tell us something about that project? Of course I can, Melchior. This is, a, this is great work that we've done with uh, partners in Georgia. Well, this is actually work of... Uh, a masterpiece from Ucha Seturi, as I, I mentioned him already, but he's a he's a great um, uh, contact, a great partner we have in the in the country. So there are these um, uh, very uh, mountainous regions in the north of Georgia, close to Chechnya, and uh, Ucha wanted to to help the local population get connected to the internet. So it's a it's a project that started. Um, a few years ago and was even featured on the New York Times at one point. Um, so it's um, it, it has basically brought connectivity to uh, a few hundred families in the north of the country of Georgia where there was no connectivity. And we have some, some very fascinating videos coming from there where you can see these um, these people connecting to the internet for the first time, being able to to have a video call with uh, friends and relatives, and almost uh, crying. It's similar to to what we what we have seen uh, with a uh, with the sovereign nation of Hawaii. You think Hawaii is a um, is a very is not a really a rural area when you see when you think of Hawaii you think of the beaches you think of the nice hotels but there are areas of the islands that are really uh, not connected to the internet yet so we had a very similar project there and you can see the same uh, reaction from people as soon as they get connected to the internet they can they realize they there's no digital divide for them anymore. I mentioned both of them when you ask only for one to, to tell you that basically uh, the, the work we do is global and the, the effect is pretty much the same everywhere where you see people getting emotional because they are, they, uh, are now out of that digital divide that was impacting their lives. 
and then now they can uh, work using the internet. They can they can do more, and it really does have an, an an impact on their lives. Now the project in Georgia is a bit more advanced than the one in Hawaii because it started a little earlier. Um, it involves also uh, access points with solar panels um, that have to make it throughout the the year and the winter with heavy snow. So it's it was a really challenging. Um, it's a, it's a really challenging project because it's providing connectivity to very very rural areas in the north of the country, but uh, it's working and it's providing connectivity to to a few hundred families there that now can get connected and they're really happy about that. This is really cool, and especially that you're enabling yeah internet access for so many people and in all these different difficult pockets of of the world indeed. Um, so you mentioned something about the uh, internet exchanges that you're that you're setting up. Is that um, following like a similar path that you take? So you're looking at a country like Georgia, for example, that you already mentioned, saying, "All right, we uh, of course we we know the big commercial internet exchanges uh, that we have here in Western Europe." Are you setting up like a similar model there, or is it more like a community-driven internet exchange where people can connect for like very low fees, or or is it more commercially oriented in the end? It is. It is both. Um, it depends. Uh, in in some. In, but what w- the way we work is very similar to how we work in community networks, where uh, someone contacts us and says, "I would like to set up an internet exchange in this in my country." And let's take uh, Georgia as another example. We have been working with uh, Ucha for for a, a number of years. And then last year, around um, this period, I think, July, August, he came to us and said, I have an idea. I would like to set up an internet exchange. Can you guys help us? And so um, we have started discussing about it. Uh, We have uh, provided some, uh, as I mentioned already, some funds. So they have bought the switches, which have actually arrived uh, I think a couple of weeks ago. But then in the meantime, when Ucha said, I want to build an internet exchange, he was really meaning it. And uh, there's a, a sort of lack of infrastructure in the west of the country. Uh, Tbilisi is on mostly on the east eastern part of the country. And on the west, there is a, a city called Kutaisi, which uh, apparently has a need for, a, uh, for some more infrastructure. So Ucha, together with the um, um, uh, organization of small and medium ISPs of Georgia, built uh, a small new uh, data center. Uh, and what we helped with was we the, the hardware for the for the IXP. This year we have provided more help, so we are guiding them. Um, for example, recently the uh, the Internet Exchange Point has become a RIPE uh, member, a RIPE NCC member, to obtain its own re- its resources. So, given I, I used to work at RIPE NCC, I helped with them with that. And um, now the next step is to set up the different uh, pops. So one in Tbilisi, one in the west of the country in Kutaisi. And uh, and start connecting the uh, the members. So uh, we we follow a similar path to what we do with community networks. And then the um, 
the internet exchanges uh, take a um, take normally become a membership organization themselves, but it depends uh, per country. So we don't really d distinguish uh, how we work with them because um, in they might be uh, commercial operations, but in some countries the they might struggle to get new equipment or they might struggle to to have the funds to to build a new pop. And so we we tend to help them in with the uh, with the perspective of helping the internet grow as much as possible. So can folks just reach out to you, or uh, you already mentioned someone has an idea and you help to uh, get that idea, uh, let's say, executed. Uh, practically uh, speaking, how would it work if I would be in a indeed remote area? I would want to get my village connected or have an, an, an idea to extend the internet to my region. How does it practically work? Do I reach out to yourself or what's the procedure? Yes, it's um, it, people can reach out to, to me, to uh, any other participant in the, uh, in the team uh, at ISOC. So normally this would happen most likely at, in a face-to-face -face meeting. So when, when someone from ISOC goes to uh, a NOG or an event or a meeting, and then you meet these people face-to-face -face and then you start talking to them about the opportunity to, to help them in, uh, in the country. But even sending an email to, to me, Juan, uh, we have, um, you know, the, 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 uh, our uh, senior uh, person in the uh, growing growth uh, growth uh, in the internet growth part of the uh, uh, organization is Jane Coffin, which is well known everywhere on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you if you send us an email, uh, we we can start the discussion. Um, then we have colleagues I mentioned everywhere in the world and. Uh, we have, of course, um, a sort of a regional focus, let's call it like this, where, of course, the colleagues in Africa will be the, your best bet to, to talk to if you, if you are in Africa. The colleagues in South America would be the best bet for South America. But we also uh, don't mind if you write to me or Juan directly, to Jane, anyone else, and then we can uh, route the communication internally. So right. it's just a very, very simple process from that point of view. Uh, there's no application you have to fill in. There's no, there's nothing else. But there is actually, let me pitch in here for the, uh, something for the Internet Society Foundation, which is a, an, uh, another organization that's in our, let's call it ecosystem. Um, the Internet Society Foundation has uh, grants that they hand over, that they hand out. Um, the, but the, the grants are focused for work to be done by the, um, together with the chapters. So they have, for example, a beyond the net grant. That is, uh, that is a grant that can go up to, uh, $35,000. Um, and it's for projects up to two years where if you are a chapter, you can apply for it. Or if you are a chapter who knows someone in the country, who might benefit from this grant, you could work with them to, to get the grant and use it for 
let's say, setting up a community network in, in your country. In that case, uh, we as ISOC can help uh, by uh, looking at the application, by maybe helping understand the, the needs, by providing training before the uh, chapter then wants to apply. There are many, many ways we can cooperate. We are not set on a certain uh, mode of operation or anything because Every community network is different, um, and uh, every situation is is different. So we are not stuck on anything specific. Right, and the other way around. Uh, let's say folks want to help out, want to be involved in our projects. As you know, I'm myself involved uh, in manners, for example. I'm trying to help uh, define uh, some of the manners requirements. But what is what are other projects where? Uh, people can help and how can they get involved? Of course, we have plenty of opportunities for people to to help out. So as um, as part of the uh, Community Networks project, but also Infracom Dev, Infrastructure and Community Development, we have plenty of material that we uh, produce every, every year. So for, for example, now we have a uh, a new uh, IXP course that's coming out, and what we what we really usually need help with is for experts to give us a, a review of the of the um, documents that we're producing, of the trainings that we have uh, on offer. Because only by having uh, experts who have lots and lots of experience in the ground or who know how technologies work, we can produce material that's going to be useful for people to start a community network, start an internet exchange. So we always welcome uh, if there are experts who want to uh, to help us in basically giving us a, a review of, uh, of the material we have or help us with training courses. Sometimes we, uh, we do well, not sometimes. We also do have sessions of training courses where we have tutors and you could volunteer to be a tutor. Normally, these tutors also get paid uh, for it. And then you could uh, you could help us uh, train more people in community networks or internet exchange points or the basics of networking as well, which is always a good thing. Yeah, definitely. So, th- Max... Um I believe we're uh, getting a bit more time constrained and we have a lot to cover. So I think it would be a good idea to invite you over for a follow-up in uh, in a couple months uh, because I'd love to do a deep dive further on manners and uh, the Pulse project where you measure the internet and stuff. Um, so thank you very much, Max. Uh, I think we've given people a lot about how they can reach out to you. Uh, um, people, please do. ISOC is always looking for uh, yes, these different pro- pockets of uh, community projects and uh, and of course like you just heard some more help Max thank you very much for joining us today on this episode and also thank you to the listeners thank you for listening again to our podcast uh, you can find us at routingtable.cloud if you have any questions follow ups and also for some links that we'll share uh, based on the episode that you just listened to thanks for listening and talk to you soon <laughs>